about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hello, 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 Shelby. We're halfway hello. through summer, halfway through <laughs> the year. What How... is summer? What is this year even? <sighs> On one hand, I was thinking about this. I was like, it sort of feels like it's gone fast, but then also <laughs> I think that this is the slowest year that has ever happened. Yeah. Like, even when I think back on June, it seems a long time ago. When I think yeah. back on, like, Tiger King, that feels <laughs> eons ago. When you think back on, like, what you were doing in January, oh, just, dear. like... Different lifetime, honestly. Just I know. who I was then and who I am now is just night and day, basically. Oh, it's been a long... It's been a long year, but... It is it is going by quickly, I guess. Like I'm it's weird that it's almost August, but and we have nothing to show for it. <laughs> but alas, we remain. <laughs> I've sort of moved I was texting a friend. I've moved into like a new state of mind Ooh. where I'm now sort of like what am I, like what am I missing? What was <laughs> like what like everything is so far no. removed from me now of like going out to eat, going to movie theaters, whatever, that it's sort of just gone. And I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to, once this is done, to like move to Europe and spend like a year living in Europe. I mean, I'm, I've am i spent this much time without everybody that I know anyways. Like what's yeah. the difference? If I'm going to go, I should go now. Like let me start Googling places to live in France yeah, well, for a year. Like what do I have to do? They've blocked you so, for your dirty. Well, currently, <laughs> currently, but when this is over, right. you know, I could just hightail it yes and live in london for a year so it's a brilliant idea honestly exciting it it all sounds so appealing i I, i'll have to look up what medicine rob can practice internationally because yeah that's starting to seem like the best option honestly so i yeah i feel like it could work (laughs) i'm gonna the money situation is going to be the trickiest i'm like ah how to uh I mean, when you are working freelance, very easy to do that overseas, but also like how much money is it going to cost me? (laughs) Although I guess living in New York, it can't be any more expensive than that, can it? I I think London technically is. I don't know about, I don't know about Paris, but I imagine. uh, I think I'd have to, well, maybe I could live in like Oxford or someplace. Maybe Mm, that's cheaper. Yeah, for sure. Or Edinburgh. Yeah. Or Ireland. There's some, uh, you know what? I'll figure it out. You can come visit me. It'll be great. Perfect. But we do have a review. Well, not a review necessarily. We got an email. Hmm. We negligently were not checking our email (laughs) often enough. And that backfired in a number of ways. But now we are checking more regularly. So good for us. Send us an email. And we got an email from Ollie who wants to tell us uh, about a new YA fantasy book series that he thinks we should read. (laughs) Consider me intrigued. I know. I was like, maybe Shelby's already read this. But (laughs) so he says, so there is a YA fantasy book series that's six books that I have been obsessed with ever since I got it for my birthday a few years ago. These books are about two girls. Oh, there's a bonus for you, Shelby, (laughs) who get picked to be in the school for good and evil. The school is for people uh, to get into fairy tales. And then he goes on to describe the plot. Um but he says, reasons why I'm, I'm emailing you is because, one, they just announced they're making it into a movie on Netflix directed by Paul Feig. And two, oh. that the last book just came out and that it's awesome. So oh. I know that you loved whatever that uh, 
what was that movie with Blake Lively and the a suits? Simple favor, yeah. That was yes, by Paul Feig. Yes. So this feels like it's up your alley. Yes. Well, what's it called? You know, the said. school for good and evil. <laughs> oh. I think. <laughs> okay, so I'll add it to my list. Why not? I I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, truly, you could just pound through this in like a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I've been um, I've been neglecting my obsessive reading because this last week Rob wanted to rewatch all the Harry Potters for the first time in his life. Oh um, gosh. So we've been rewatching those cuz they're all on HBO Max and they're pretty bad. I mean, <laughs> just Uh yeah. I know Harry Potter's going through it right now with their unfortunate relationship to JK Rowling, but that's uh that's a relationship we don't acknowledge anymore. Um, Harry Potter exists on its own. And the films, I think, will have to take a similar approach where I can appreciate them for what they are, but I also just have to let them go for what they're not, you know? Yeah, the, the Harry Potter books are like the greatest series of books ever written or, mm-hmm. you know, close to it. The movies are <laughs> in some cases good and fine but in a lot of cases just absolute disasters Mm -hmm. and never would i subject anyone to having to watch all (laughs) eight of them in like a short span of time they're so long they're some of them are so bad we can look at the time they're all like over two hours aren't they yeah but that's just movies now you know it's not like it's not like a three-hour like Marvel experience. Like that's just standard. Right, but <laughs> there's eight of them. So I mean, it's not like, yeah. and there's not like there's a short one in the mix. Like they're all right. longish. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think the seventh movie is the best film. I agree. I remember loving the seventh movie and thinking this is great so excited for the eighth one and then that is just a disaster so it's like the eighth one almost does it but it just totally biffs the landing you know it's like they almost had it and then that last like 30 40 minutes like like the battle like the second half of hogwarts battle is just so bad and voldemort's death is just so awful there's just so many weird choices in the movies. Like yeah. the Dumbledore in the first two is great, but then he died. And then they got Michael Gambon, who is just like doing something that is not found in any part of the book. Yeah. Well, it's because like, he didn't read it. So well, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Um, the fourth one is terrible with the like maze that just starts eating yeah. people. It's like, okay, think, that was not in the I book. I think the sixth movie is the worst movie of the entire series it is it's the one where they blow up the burrow for no conceivable reason Ginny Mm -hmm. is like written off in the weirdest way they're given the weirdest romance and the most awful is that the one where she where he like she ties his shoe yes yeah (laughs) that's right before the burrow explodes lots of sexual energy there but (laughs) so bad i hate it i hated the sixth one it was painful to watch i could get through almost all the other ones but the sixth one just rankled me. And honestly, I hate the fifth book, but the fifth movie isn't that bad. Well, I think the fifth movie is almost better because the book is bad. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> yeah. not as much to sort of screw right. up there where some yeah. of the other. I mean, the first two are 
maybe a little bit boring, but they're stick to the book real close. So there's not that mm-hmm. much to complain about. And then the third one is sort of weird, but like it's weird in a fun way. So I yeah. kind of like it. And then it just sort of, you know, yeah. wanders off from there. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed is that all the adult actors are so perfectly cast. Like every single over the age of, you know, 17 is great in that film. Like, honestly, starting from Fred and George up, they just are all perfectly cast. It's really just the trio that sort of stumbles in there a few times. And then, uh, you know, the, I don't know. It's hard when you cast them when they're 11. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's really not much you can do, I feel like, in yeah, that kind of stuck. way. I mean, we saw with the movie Boyhood that yeah. you can have a, you can have a great kid that just like does not quite pan out. Cause I think truly when you're a child, you're so much like less self aware that you can sort of do things and act a certain way. And then once you hit like puberty and you mm. start worrying about what other people think, it really like sends you for a loop. <laughs> and yeah. I think it, you know. Yeah, yeah, didn't do favors for some of these actors. Yeah, there's a a lot of unfortunate choices in there, but that's Mm -hmm. what I've been doing with my uh, quarantine time. So productive, I know. I mean, honestly, I'd get back to the reading. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I only have to finish the eighth film tonight, and then I'll be done. No, Uh, dear Lord, (laughs) just it's almost over. You know, we did it. What is truly baffling to me, I know that we're staying too long on this topic, <laughs> is that I have friends, like people that I know, who claim to be huge Harry Potter fans. And I have argued with them about how big of a fan they are. And they've never read the books or only yeah, partially read the books and have and are obsessed with the movies. And I'm like, no. I don't... I mean, maybe I just hate the movies so much because I love the books, but I honestly, watching them, was like, I don't understand how you could even sort of understand what's going on if you haven't read the books in some cases. And then to be like honestly obsessed with it and be like, I'm such a big Harry Potter fan when you've only seen the movies. Yeah. It's weird because it seems like if anything, it would motivate you to read the books and absorb the world more. But I guess, sure. (laughs) Yeah. They like, they like sort themselves into the houses and stuff. Like, do they oh, even yeah. know what oh, Hufflepuff yeah. is? <laughs> yes, and they'll and they go to you know the theme parks and they have the t-shirts okay. and have a Harry Potter birthday party and it's like, but you never Losers. read the books. They're like, I read some of them, but they got boring and I watched ah! the movies instead. Yeah, get them out of here. Dead to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well let's get into news. What do you got for us? Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of old news that just keeps coming up, uh, Jeffree Star, our YouTube beauty Uh, guru, he Mm -hmm. was in the news this week, um, because he made another apology video. This one wasn't for the times he used the N word as a, you know, youth to adult or the Nazi paraphernalia he once was featured wearing. Um, this was just sort of an apology video about his dust up with well, sort of his involvement with the dust up between James Charles and Toddy Westbrook, which uh, I mean, like Crash Course, they are beauty gurus on YouTube as well. Toddy outed James for being sort of an ungrateful snob um, with her mentorship and and he lost millions of subscribers and blah, 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 blah. And Jeffree Star waded into it and was like, I heard creepy rumors about James like creeping into people's DMs. 
Shane Dawson was involved. I don't know. It's YouTube. It's the wild, wild west. And then I at some point understand. recently, Tati came out and was like, oh, uh, Shane Dawson. She released yes. like some crying uh, YouTube video that's like, I didn't mean anything. Shane Dawson like made me do it. Yeah. He tricked me. I was fine with James Charles. It's like in this like what quad quadrilogy i don't know what you call yeah, a group of four people mess, but they're all web. they're all bad like oh yeah, james this- charles is so creepy yeah so, well, like watching his yeah. tiktoks it's like terrifying <laughs> it's like he is pennywise incarnate no i mean it's just a different world and jeffree star has sort of been i mean he's a big deal i don't know he's he's uh, Uh, done makeup for a lot of celebrities he has a lot of lines like whatever but in this year of sort of oh cancel culture he's been threatened with cancellation quite a bit and i guess this one rankled him enough to make this 10 minute apology video but what was weird is he says like oh i'm like accepting my flaws i want i'm hoping people can learn from me i'm really sorry for what i how I got involved with James Charles and why I didn't just go to him directly. And then he just pivots and he's like, Breonna Taylor still has no justice. Elijah McClain has no justice. Black trans women are being murdered every day and the news is silent. And he says he uses this, these facts as sort of a reason where he says, I think that the drama of the beauty world just has to stop basically because it doesn't matter in comparison to, you know, black lives being taken and all this, all this racial, I mean, problems in our country, which is a fair point, but it's very weird (laughs) to throw in there in the middle of a apology video that has absolutely nothing to do with it. Doesn't link to any resources saying like, this is how I'm involved in getting Breonna uh, Taylor justice, or here's a petition for Black Lives Matter. None of that. He's just kind of using it um, in this sort of white centering, like sort of Oh, like, don't, don't worry about my problems. They're not, they're not the big ones. Like go, go read about these, these serious things and, and let me be problematic. Cause it's like, uh, uh, it's not that big a deal, you know? And so people rightfully sort of chewed him out for this video, which he left the comments off of and are now being like, you realize like this <laughs> makes you look worse because you haven't ever posted about Black Lives Matter. You haven't ever, you know, stood up for black creators like this has been a non-issue for you but now you're using it to be like hey give me a break you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it does not look good i mean i can see how i feel like kevin spacey sort of did something similar when he got called out where it's like okay if you kind of pivot to a completely different topic you can try to sort of throw the right. scent yeah. off or whatever yeah. where uh Kevin Spacey was like, but guys, I'm gay, so I can't be a, I can't be a sexual yeah, predator. Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, no, the, those two things aren't, you know, necessarily yeah. separate from each other. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this just is it's bad. But I think all of these beauty people at this point have all stuck their foot in their mouth oh, yeah, a number of a times. And it doesn't seem to be hurting any of them. They're all <laughs> still here. Wait, uh, you mean like cancel culture isn't like real? We don't have to, like, sign a letter that says it's, like, super dangerous for people? I feel like it's only real insofar <laughs> as you believe it's real, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's real as in it lasts for a couple of days, maybe, and then you just get to make your next video and life goes on. 
So I mean, it does depend on the severity of the thing that you do. Mm. Uh, like I think in the case of someone like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, mm. you know, like these types of people yeah. that it's much more severe where when it's sort of a, this person released a, uh, you know, they had a weird old tweet or they, you know, said something offensive, but then apologized. It's easier for the them. Plants. Yeah. Uh, wait, who did that? <laughs> uh, Louis C.K. Louis, oh yes, Louis. Well, Louis C.K. is trying to come back, and I and it's not working quite yeah, as well as some of these other people. So we'll yeah. see how long it takes. Um, I have other YouTuber drama news oh, though wow. to bring okay. up. Yeah, yeah. Another one of our favorites, Jake Paul, oh, threw God. a massive party at his house in California last mm-hmm. week. Okay. Uh, he was apparently doubled as a music video shoot, but there was just hundreds of people. It was this party. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was social distanced. Um, it was all over the internet. The mayor of Calabasas, <laughs> where I guess he lives, came out with this statement that says that she was outraged, and he's already in the news for bad things. I don't think we covered this story, but during some of the looting that was going on, he was like following them around the looters around and mm-hmm. taking videos that he was posting online, which he got, uh, like arrested, I guess. I don't know what the exact term for it is, but he was charged with trespassing on private property because he was going in these stores with people who were looting. And supposedly he wasn't doing any looting, but it's right. like, yeah, was he? Sure. Who knows? <laughs> So anyways, he's sort of on the hot seat already. But Tyler Oakley, who's another YouTuber and sort of a YouTuber who's like transcended YouTube a little bit at this point. Like, I don't think that he really like hangs out with the dregs very much. Mm. But he tweeted like F you Jake Paul to some uh, other tweet that linked to this story. And then Jake Paul retweeted Taylor Oakley saying, or Tyler Oakley saying, F you, Jake Paul. So it sort of feels like Jake Paul is really not, uh, like remorseful <laughs> or dealing with this at all. He's sort of like, whatever, it's a video shoot and who cares if a bunch of people get sick in California. Yeah. So just the continued, a variety mm. of ways to handle coronavirus Truly. is astounding, even among celebrities. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, forever a disappointment, I guess. Um, I don't know if you got to see Netflix revealed. I don't know, I guess, in their own quarantine boredom. They decided to reveal which of its films constitute a blockbuster. I honestly don't know how they broke this down. I think they just took the audience of the first like month of views and then kind of argued how much they would have made if those people went to <laughs> the theaters, <laughs> if people had paid for them. And so these are their, these are their top, these are their top four of, of, of all time. So this is, and it's funny cause you know, Netflix, we talked about how their quality has gone up and they, they can sometimes do good things, but um, at top of the list is extraction, which would have made $99 million. So Okay. Good for you. Congrats. That that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And then right under that you have Bird Box, um the Sandra Bullock uh Oh yes. <laughs> that was uh, a moment. Yeah, it was Hashtag Bird Box million. challenge. Yes. Then you have Spencer Confidential, which is the new um Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> Never heard I of that. I feel like if you've seen one Mark Wahlberg movie, you've seen them all. So it came Other out than this uh, year, I think. what was that one that was so good where he adopted the kids that we loved? 
with Rose oh, Byrne. Instant family. Yeah. Uh, so cute. Oh I forgot that was him. You're right. My no disrespect to comedy Mark Wahlberg, I guess. But then the next one is Six Underground. So what is that? That's the Ryan Reynolds um comedy extraction type movie. I have never heard of that the either. The Ryan Reynolds movie? Yeah. I like, never saw that. Well, I'm sure you didn't see it, but I'm sure you heard of it. It came out, actually, it might have come out this year. Because um, I think maybe like in January or something, it came out. It's like him and he's he's part of an elite group of an assassins that go and do these underground missions. And it's like... It was this is promoted no as like bells for me. as big. Did you explosions. make this movie up no. to try to fool me? It was like a big promotional deal because it's Ryan Reynolds. It's a Netflix original, and it was like all these dumb trailers that were like more explosions than ever before. Like nothing you've never. Nope. Nope. Nothing. Oh well. Totally blank. The good news is the only like good film on here, I guess, if we want to call it that, is The Irishman. That made oh yeah that like would have Irishman. made sixty four million I guess. But the that. thing with like okay with the Irishman is how many of those people <laughs> watched the full movie? Yeah. You know, like I yeah. feel like a lot of people could have started it, but that movie is almost four hours long. Oh, I find it hard to believe that people watch the full thing. And with all of these, there's also a big difference between watching something on YouTube oh, yeah. or I mean on Netflix and going to the theater. You know. Yeah. No, it's a weird... Like, I have watched a lot of things (laughs) in my quarantine that I'm not sure I would have gone to the theater and paid $20 Well, they're blockbusters, okay? That's what they're calling them. That's what Netflix wants you to know, is that they have power in the industry because you will sit on your couch and you will watch The Wrong Missy and it will become a blockbuster, okay? Okay, sure. Whatever. Whatever you say. (laughs) Um, Okay, I have a quick game for us. So the movie Tenet was yet again pushed back on the calendar. It is now, now we do not have a date for it. It's just pushed back indefinitely, which makes sense because New York is not opening theaters. California is under siege from coronavirus. They're not opening theaters. Like this movie will not be opening until it can play both New York and California at the very Mm -hmm. least. So this has been pushed back a number of times. What... Let's make a bet now as to what day this will actually open in theaters. Well, I just imagine they'll want it to be the summer blockbuster again. So my my guess is is either July or August of next year. But, but they, I they did, did see, say in yeah. the statement that they wanted to like that they're not pushing it off like that like if it comes out next summer it'll be because they've pushed it back a bunch of times i think they want it to come out as soon as they it can come out oh really like i thought they weren't gonna release it in 2020 at all but you think they might from what i said it's it said that they would be releasing it imminently oh so dramatic the word that was used i bet they'll go international first so I guess they could do that whenever because internationally people have handled this virus much better than the U.S. Well, except for China, I think, which is a big uh, uh, yeah. market. So maybe they're shooting for uh, I guess they don't. I don't. I honestly I have no idea what is time anymore. I let's say they're going to do a Christmas international release 
and slip it in before the Oscar cutoff in the U.S. in, what is it, March? I think the end of February. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cutting it close. I don't know if they'll believe that. I'm going to say that. It'll be in the U.S. before the Oscars cutoff. I feel like, I don't, I mean, it's so hard (laughs) to say. I feel like it'll be earlier than that. Really? I'm going to say Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. You're so optimistic. I'm. Here's the thing. I, it's it's <laughs> honestly more pessimism than optimism. <laughs> Just in the sense that I think people are getting more and more tired of coronavirus and are mm-hmm. caring less and less about what is happening with it. And that at a certain point, they're just going to open the theater and release it and be like, you know what? No one's paying attention to these rules anyway, so why should we keep the theaters closed? That then, is sort of my why push takeaway. it off from August anyways, you know? Well, I think because right now there's still like a little bit too much more concern. Mm-hmm. But I think when this wave starts to die down, whenever that is, which I think will probably be, I mean, who Just knows? Time for flu uh, season, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> that Then they'll be back and ready for it right. i mean who knows honestly it could be yeah. and this is crazy too because you know they pushed back the oscars i think thinking okay well this will give time for everything to come out but if nothing is coming out this year yeah. then are they just going to cancel this year's oscars and put two years in together are they still going to go forward with them in just a limited capacity it's very strange meanwhile the emmys are going you know ahead full bore <laughs> The vote, I think the nominations come out this week. So that's exciting at least. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I feel like everyone just wants it to be over. And um, the coronavirus and and COVID uh, sort of concerns. But I don't know. I just feel like Warner Brothers doesn't want to mess up Tenet. So I feel like they'll try and risk some other releases before before pushing Tenet to theaters. You know what I mean? It seems like it's the, that's their flagship movie almost. So I think, though, that they want it to be the first one. I think that's <laughs> sort of like their, or Christopher Nolan's thing is like, I'm going to save the theaters when it okay. opens by having this big <laughs> launch. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, shall we get into love it or hate it? Yeah. What have you been uh, loving and or hating? So I have been, I'm finally all caught up on The Crown. I just finished season three of The Crown. Are you a Crown person? I can't remember if you watch it or not. I never have. It is so good. (laughs) I'm so obsessed with it. The first season, like the first few episodes are sort of slow. It's weird. The first few episodes are like the worst episodes. And then the second season is amazing. The third season, I don't think was as good as the second season, but still really good. The Crown is the Netflix show. I think it's the most expensive television show that's ever been made. What? Uh, What about Game of Thrones? No, I think The Crown is more expensive than Game of Thrones. What? Um, (laughs) I mean, maybe not. Or maybe it's that it's... No, I, I, I think that... The crown is more expensive than the Game of Thrones. Because the, the crown is all like sets. It's like beautiful sets. Everything is shot on location or these giant like uh, um, massive reconstructions of places. Mm. If you watch it, it's insane. Like every scene, there's no scenes that just start in a room. Like if it's you and I <laughs> meeting and we're meeting in, you know, some 
office in some grand state building in London. Like the scene doesn't start with just us in there, which you would think it would. No, it starts with like me in the car driving up, then me walking <laughs> through the lobby, then me going up some stairs. Then it's so it's flex. like, yeah, yes, it's so rich and the costumes are amazing. I mean, they got all these crowns and party dresses and there's a million extras and everything. It is just it's so exquisite that even when the plot of an episode is sort of like a little bit lacking, <laughs> the between the music and just like the set design, you're so sucked in. And I didn't really know that much about the queen prior to watching this. And it's mm. just all of the things that actually have happened during her reign yeah. are very compelling. And she's be- she's been the queen for like, 60 years or something Mm -hmm. so it's you think like oh okay uh she like world war ii and then like the next crisis and the next thing and the next it's like every part of history she's been in so it's wild just to kind of like be following along and it does the same thing that mad men does where it's where it sort of like ties in these big historical events with the small emotional things going on within the characters Mm -hmm. which is really uh, fun to watch too and uh I, I don't know it's like very artistically done mm. in how it like connects all of these things together so the third season is interesting because it's you know it sh- switches out all the actors every two years right. or every two seasons so that it's older and so this is the Olivia Coleman uh Helena mm. Bonham Carter season mm-hmm. um so I don't I don't know if I like them as much as I like the original <gasps> cast they're very they're very good actors but they're sort of like bringing slightly different vibes to the characters right. which i think makes sense but yeah but it's still very very good and they so. just uh because it had originally been intended for four seasons but they announced that they would have a fifth and final season is that right it was originally scheduled for five and they extended oh. it to six so, oh yeah. boy you got some more coming I know. I can't wait. And so where are they now? Is it World War II? Oh, World no. The Queen was born like around World War II. So so they're, I think, like in the 70s, the 60s or 70s. Yes, they so must be in the 70s. So Princess Di? Yes. She, I think, is coming in season four. because oh. So the, the season three is like Prince Charles, his sister Princess Anne are both like full-on adults. And then... Um, Prince Charles' current wife, Camilla Parker mm-hmm. Bowles, he knew her before he ever met Princess Diana, so she is also in season three. Mm-hmm. So I think season four is going to sort of be the Princess Diana build up at least. Um, well, that's and Margaret Thatcher, I think, is also season four coming. So yeah, it's I exciting. Thought they said that they would not be touching on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle ever, but do you think with the new season that they will be? I don't think so. Mm. What the statement said was that, like, I think that season five was supposed to cover, you know, whatever period of time. And Mm. then they realized that there was enough stuff within that period Mm. that they should do two seasons rather than one season. So I don't think that they're pushing the timeline any further. But I am sort of hoping that once, you know, like the queen eventually passes (laughs) away, that they would come back and do like the last seasons to... Don't you feel like the closer a movie gets to like real time, like a historical movie gets to current events, that it feels more soapy and sort of unrealistic? Because like, 
There's not as yes. much research on it. <laughs> but I think this will only go up to, I can't remember the date that it's ending, but I think it's like around 2000, right. which still is a while, a long time ago. I mean, like the OJ Simpson show, I yeah, thought was no, really, I guess really I good. Just meant, I can see why they would never touch the Meghan yes. Markle because it's just Well, too... I don't think you want to, I yeah. mean, I don't think they want to do the Meghan Markle thing in right. like two years or four years or whenever they would get to it. Right. But <laughs> what I'm saying is like once the queen dies and it's oh, sort yeah, of like, I, I mean, it's about the queen. Yeah. They could sort of like <laughs> easily circle back and be like, you know, 10 years down the road, we're doing seasons seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they need money, you know? Right. Always good to go back to an old idea. Um, speaking of eye candy though, and like visually interesting shows, um, I've been watching Down to Earth on Netflix, which is the Zac Efron sort of nature environmentalism doc Mm -hmm. series. And it's actually like really good. I'll have to admit I started watching it because of, (laughs) you know, the promise of Zac Efron being charming and sometimes shirtless. Um, But he does, it's like fun to watch him do it because at first I thought it would be more like Adventure Man style stuff. Because isn't this the show where he like broke his foot or something? Yeah, I think that happens later. I haven't gotten to that episode. But yes, he is at some point hospitalized for this show. And I know he had done like the Bear Grylls thing and that sort of hit. So I thought it would be like that. But it's actually more just Zach Evron sort of talking about, he's paired with this um, wellness expert um, who they're like, friends I guess or they have known each other for a few years and so they had this idea for the show where they go through these different communities and cultures and countries and kind of just talk about environmentalism and sort of different elements of wellness so the first episode is in Iceland and it's all about wait um, is it about like global warming or is it about wellness or it's about both yeah it's all encompassing man it's like about how okay how the earth offers you know such richness and we have to both okay. protect the earth and also understand like one episode is takes it place in Puerto or, Rico. Is that, or is that a little hippy dippy they do a good job of sort of uh, sort of bridging the two i think because zach efron is sort of a novice when it comes to the info he's constantly talking about how you know, he came from Hollywood, of a much different background, very privileged, sort of like close-minded to the world. And he's been sort of, he he had a lot of personal things that I think we you could find in the tabloids where he just, he realized like he wasn't living a healthy life and also that the world was sort of on fire and ending. And so it's really just an exploration. Um, it's like eight episodes and each one takes place in a different country. And so it's, it just talks about how different people have found ways to sort of, you know, new energy or, or new sustainable options, but also old like traditions and how these cultures have thrived or this diet has worked. And so it's not really preachy in the way that every, every episode has one truth or like one takeaway. And that's proven as like fact. It's more like conversational and these guys are just kind of going like, it's sort of like a get curious vibe you know they're just kind of presenting a a plethora of information and so i mean obviously zac efron fan environmentalism fan it scratches a lot of itches for me but i think they do it in such a engaging way that it's like fun to watch it's not like the best produced nature show you know (laughs) there's some weird some weird transition effects used and voiceover but 
I I give them a, a solid A for effort, you know? You know, this is reminding me sort of of the Quibi show with uh, Nicole Richie, where she is going around <laughs> uh, teaching people about, you know, oh, wow. similar topics while being a rapper. And I don't see the connection, but you know, and I think that I, well, it's a celebrity, you know, just right. sort of going around talking about the environment. Uh, but right. she's rapping about well, the environment. I guess, I guess the difference is that Zach Efron is learning about the environment. He's well, not... so is, <laughs> so, so is Nicole. He's not an expert who's preaching to the audience. Well, she, Bill know? Nye is in uh, the Nicole Richie show. Wow. So. Yeah, I you mean, know, I guess everyone has an option. If you're not on Quibi, you can check out Down to Earth on Netflix. So what I'm just saying is, I feel like I've maybe met my quota for celebrities mm. talking about uh, mm. environmental issues mm. for the year, and we'll have to revisit right. the right. Zac Efron show next season. Yeah, so. no, I mean he ages like a fine wine. So <laughs> really, I feel like he looks worse. No, I, I feel think, like his best days are behind him. No, see, actually, interesting you should say this because my sister Laura and I, um, when she was here, we ranked Zach Efron's like, like periods of hotness, and um, a lot of people think he was his best self, like during Baywatch and the, and the Neighbors and sort of that like bulky, you know, Dwayne Johnson no. type. But it's too much. It's too much. It looks too, like, forced. It doesn't look healthy. And so his body's just, like, recalibrating right now. And I don't think it's fair of us to judge his, you know, <laughs> journey. And we can just appreciate him for where he's at and just just celebrate uh, what his body is doing now, you know? Really appreciate See, I it. I feel like he's his best is prior to Baywatch because then because like the Baywatch stuff was yes like you said a little too like Izzy on steroids <laughs> and now I feel like he has a little too much like feral jungle man energy <laughs> and I think his best days were sort of in the post uh the post high school musical yeah, like, like pre-Baywatch like whatever yeah, yes like that era look. yeah no that's that was a top contender for Laura and I I don't remember what we landed on because I think he does look anyways <laughs> not to objectify Zach Efron I appreciate so much more that he brings to the table right um, yes his his yeah. his acting ability yeah. is the main draw <laughs> yeah but I've seen some unfair articles about his quote-unquote dad bod which is just like what dads do you have like honestly but um I just I really think he's just in a good place mentally and that like shows that's that's showing itself physically too you know okay well you know I'll let you have him <laughs> yeah uh well we are going to be back next not next week we'll be back on Thursday we are going to be counting down our top 10 movies of the year so far which is truly a challenge given uh, the movies that have come out this year but we're scraping the bottom of the barrel we're trying to find all of the high points or even medium points uh, to let you know yeah which movies you should be uh, you know finding on VOD, finding on streaming, and watching. Um, Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye.